0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where the powers that be can breathe a sigh of relief because John Morgan says he's not going to be running any more constitutional amendments in the Sunshine State.
1: I never see myself doing another amendment. They've made it really difficult to do amendments in Florida, making it probably triple of what I spent on this to do a new amendment. So the good news for Florida and the better news for the legislators and the special interest and the Chamber of Commerce in Tallahassee is uh, John Morgan's done.
0: Morgan was the driving force behind the medical marijuana amendment passed in 2016, and he bankrolled the minimum wage amendment approved by Florida voters Tuesday. The Chamber of Commerce hates it, but Morgan says someone had to address the issue of income inequality before it reaches the boiling point in Florida.
1: The rich are getting richer, The poor are getting poor. And at some point, like I said in the beginning, the poor rise up. They don't ask for it. They don't ask for John Morgan's amendment. They just come into the castle and they take it.
0: You'll hear Morgan's take on the passage of the $15 an hour minimum wage amendment on today's installment of the Sunrise Soapbox. As the vote count continues, all of us in Florida can take comfort in the fact that we are not in the spotlight because things are getting nasty in the states that are still counting.
2: Donald Trump continues to push a flailing strategy designed to prevent people's votes from being counted. What we're seeing on these legal suits are that they are meritless and nothing more than an attempt to distract and delay what is now inevitable. Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States.
0: Another surge in COVID cases. The state reporting more than 6,000 new infections Thursday, almost 2,000 more than the day before. And it's the highest number since mid-August. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and check in with a Florida man who's been reprimanded by the highest court in the state for yelling at noisy visitors outside his courtroom. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Friday, November 6th. It was on this day in 1869 that Rutgers College defeated Princeton in the first intercollegiate football game in America. The score was 6-4. to four. Really? And happy birthday to Meet the Press, which aired its first episode on this date in 1947. It is the longest-running TV program in history. Florida added 6,257 new coronavirus cases Thursday. That's 1,800 more than Wednesday, 2,000 more than a week ago. In fact, it's the highest number of new cases in a single day since mid-August. The total number of infections in Florida has reached 827,380. The Health Department also reports 39 additional fatalities, increasing our official death toll to 17,170. Of course, the CDC estimates the actual number of fatalities could be as much as 25 percent higher if you include the people listed as having died of other causes that were actually brought on by the pandemic. Storm force winds could be felt in Florida this weekend as tropical depression ADA leaves Central America and turns north. The storm made landfall in Nicaragua as a Cat 4 hurricane. It's expected to regain strength as it heads northeast toward Cuba in the coming days. The Florida Keys and all of South Florida are within the National Hurricane Center's five-day cone of uncertainty. ADA is the 28th named storm of the 2020 Atlantic hurricane season, tying the record set back in 2005. The Orlando attorney who bankrolled constitutional amendments in Florida, legalizing medical marijuana and increasing the minimum wage, has good news for the powers that be in Tallahassee. John Morgan says he is done with constitutional amendments and has no interest in running for governor.
1: When I was doing the medical marijuana amendments, a lot of people started talking to me and about me about running for governor. There was a lot of polling done that had me leading. But then when I really thought about it, I kept saying to myself, what is it that I really want to do? What is it that I would, if I was the governor, what would I want to do? And the three or really four things were one would be medical marijuana, two, a living wage, three, felons rights and the environment of Florida. I was lucky enough to be able to work with Desmond Mead and still are on his felons uh, amendment. Uh, we passed medical marijuana the second time and we passed with lots of help and God's, God's blessing, we passed uh, this amendment. By the way, I finally decided that I could accomplish more doing it this way than being governor and that I wouldn't have to go to budget meetings for the Florida Highway Patrol or whatever Ron DeSantis does all day is something I would not want to do. I'd rather do it this way. I never see a situation where I run for any political office in Florida I'm just as happy with Ron DeSantis doing his good job up in up in Tallahassee. I never see myself doing another amendment. They've made it really difficult to do amendments in Florida, making it probably triple of what I spent on this to do a new amendment. So the good news for Florida and the better news for the legislators and the special interest and in the Chamber of Commerce in Tallahassee is. Uh, John Morgan's done.
0: The folks at the Florida Chamber of Commerce can only wish that he had done this sooner because they're predicting all sorts of economic gloom and doom after Tuesday's passage of Amendment 2, which raises the minimum wage by a dollar an hour each year until 2026, when it reaches 15 bucks an hour. Morgan says it's their own fault because the Chamber used its political clout in Tallahassee to keep the legislature from doing anything to help increase wages for the lowest paid workers.
1: I don't have faith in Tallahassee. Just name one thing that Tallahassee has ever done for us, the people. So this was the only way. I spent a lot of time talking to Jose Oliva. I said, look, I know we disagree. Do this legislatively. It'd be better, easier, and I'd be okay with it. Not one hearing, not one witness. So they left me with no choice but to do it this way.
0: Later in the show, Morgan explains why he believes the minimum wage amendment is so important, not just to workers, but for the business interests who opposed it. They're still counting votes in the race between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. But all of us here in Florida can sit back and relax because no one's waiting for our results. Both campaigns are focusing on Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, and North Carolina. If Biden wins one, he wins the race. Campaign manager Jen O'Malley-Dillon believes they've got this in the bag.
2: Our data shows that Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States and that the counting is happening now uh, in these states um, and they are moving to us as we see the counting throughout this morning, yesterday and into today, um, that that counting is gonna continue to show our path to victory. Joe Biden now has won more votes than any presidential candidate in history and we're still counting. Over 140 million votes have been counted so far with more than 72 million of those votes going to Vice President Biden. The vice president has won more than 50% of the popular vote, historic numbers. Voters have turned out in record numbers for the vice president, and because of that, and because he sees the same data we do and knows he is losing, Donald Trump continues to push a flailing strategy designed to prevent people's votes from being counted. What we're seeing on these legal suits are that they are meritless and nothing more than an attempt to distract and delay what is now inevitable. Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States.
0: The Trump campaign is turning to the courts to try to prevent a loss, but Biden's senior advisor, Bob Bauer, says those lawsuits have more to do with messaging and misdirection than legality.
3: I just wanted to uh, put into the right sort of frame and perspective what you are hearing from some of the states about Trump claims and Trump lawsuits. And I think they're connected. The lawsuits uh, are meritless. They're intended to give the Trump campaign the opportunity to argue that the vote count should stop. It is not going to stop. And I'll walk through uh, some of the silliness behind these claims momentarily. But I want to emphasize that for their purposes, these lawsuits don't have to have merit. That's not the purpose. It's not to bring bona fide claims before the courts. It is to create an opportunity for them to message falsely about what's taking place in the electoral process. And to go to Jen's point, it's really quite remarkable. These election officials are working overnight trying to get the count out and trying to get it right. And the Trump campaign is continually alleging irregularity, failures of the system, and fraud uh, without any basis. This is part of a broader misinformation campaign uh, that involves some political theater. You may have heard about some loud noises being made by Trump supporters at the polling places. Uh, the shouts of stop the vote count and the like. Well, be aware that wherever this is happening and it's happening inappropriately at close proximity to the polling place, uh, law enforcement and election officials are clearing the places quickly of this kind of behavior and assuring that the vote count can continue. But all of this is intended to create a large cloud. It is the hope of the Trump campaign that nobody can see through, but it is not a very thick cloud. It's not hard to see what they're doing. We see through it so will the courts, and so do election officials.
0: And so the counting continues. There may be a result today. Next up on the Sunrise Soapbox, John Morgan explains why he spent $6 million of his own money to put a minimum wage increase on the ballot and the state constitution. But first, a word from the sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida
1: Politics, and we are much obliged. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today.
0: Welcome back to Sunrise. Florida's minimum wage will be going up by a buck an hour over the next six years until it reaches $15 an hour in 2026. Orlando trial lawyer John Morgan bankrolled and wrote Amendment 2. He would have preferred the state legislature deal with this, but Florida lawmakers rarely do anything that upsets the business lobby, and they claim this increase will destroy the state economy. Seriously, they claim that. Now, Morgan says it's nonsense. In fact, he believes better wages will help Florida's economy. Even more than that, Morgan says this is one way to address the issue of income inequality before it tears the country apart.
1: The working poor in Florida won in a very, very big and forever way. And not only did they win, but their children won. And forever and ever, this raise will be here tied to cola, And maybe still not enough, but at least enough to give people dignity. I believe that the number one issue facing everyone is income inequality. And I don't care if you're the Bernie bros, or if you're the Trump voters, or if you're part of any group that seems aggrieved that underneath, there's this burning issue that I'm working my tail off, and I'm falling further, further behind. And that all the unrest and the anger that we have in this country, I believe, comes from income inequality and a lack of dignity. I also believe, if you look at history, that what we did should be a template for the rest of the country, because I believe that in this country and in this this uh, civilization that we have called the United States in the year 2020, that all great nations have a problem and the problem they have is when the haves have so much and the have nots have so little that the have nots just storm the castle and take everything it's happened over and over again it happened to the south with uh castro in cuba it happened to the czars in uh, russia it happened to marie antoinette and it's happened throughout centuries that at a certain point, the people storm the gates and say, I need help. What we did was immediately improve the lives of 2.5 million households. You cannot understate what this is going to mean to these families and these children. No longer will some of them have to go from work to a food bank with their children watching. Can you imagine how degrading that must be, that you're doing everything right and then you got to go get free food? You have to ask yourself the question, why are the rich getting richer? Why is the stock market going through the roof? And why are people living in their cars, living in hotel rooms, living in boxes? You go to the shelters all throughout Florida. There's children going to school from homeless shelters, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. The rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poor, and at some point, like I said in the beginning, the poor rise up. They don't ask for it. They don't ask for John Morgan's amendment. They just come into the castle and they take it because they love their children and they're sick of watching their children go hungry. One out of six children in Florida, in Florida, go to bed hungry at night, hungry. To me, it's it's subhuman, and that's why I said this is not a political issue, this is a moral issue. Everything we learn in church and synagogue and temple and mosque tells us to go out and feed the hungry, clothe the naked, and house the homeless. And Florida did that to some degree. It is life-changing. Some of us don't understand or are too far removed from what it would be like to live on eight dollars and fifty-seven cents an hour. You can't. Most people don't, or many people don't. They just rather get government subsidy. We the taxpayers pay it. Tell that economist to figure that in about how much we spend in food stamps, child care, and and just money welfare that uh, would not have to happen. Once this happens and once it kicks in, there's a cycle that's broken and there's a hope that's given to these families.
0: He's happy now, but Morgan was sweating it out on election night. It takes 60 percent of the voters to approve a constitutional amendment in Florida. Amendment two passed with 60.8 percent of the vote. Doesn't get much closer. Your calendar of events begins when the Florida Board of Chiropractic Medicine meets online at 830. At 10, the Florida Chamber of Commerce concludes a two-day online insurance summit with discussions about issues like the impact of COVID-19 on liability insurance, workers' compensation insurance, and business interruption coverage. And Saturday at 11 a.m., there will be two events to mark the 100th anniversary of the Okoe Massacre, where a white mob lynched a black man named July Perry because he tried to vote and then went on a rampage in the black community. Official records say six people died. The real number is higher because the whole thing was covered up. There will be a ceremony at Perry's grave in Orlando and the unveiling of a sign designating part of State Road 438 as the July Perry Memorial Highway. A Florida man kills his pregnant wife. Martin County Sheriff William Snyder says the man, whose name was not released, heard sounds outside his bedroom door and thought it was an intruder. So he opened fire and shot his own wife. She died a short time later at the hospital. A two-year-old child was also home at the time, but was not injured. The case is still under investigation, and Sheriff Snyder has issued what may be the understatement of the year, saying people with guns need to be careful when using deadly force. Finally today, the state's highest court is reprimanding a Florida man for yelling at an unruly group outside his courtroom in the middle of a trial. Miami-Dade Circuit Judge David Miller was presiding over a case while people gathered in the lobby of the courthouse for a ceremony, and they began making a ruckus. The judge sent a bailiff out, then a court clerk to try to quiet them down. When that didn't work, Miller left the bench, went to the lobby in his judicial robes, where he began yelling and waving his arms. He even threatened to hold a woman in contempt because she was shaking her head at him. Florida Supreme Court has issued a written reprimand for Miller, who admits his conduct violated the rules for judges. The High Court also criticized the people who created the kerfuffle. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again Monday as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.